0: You're listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join Coach C, a USA Strength and Conditioning Hall of Famer, every Monday night to see in a variety of guests, including former players, former and current coaches, pastors, and others will discuss relevant issues in coaching today's athlete. With the goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors.
1: Welcome to Absolute Empowerment. This is our ninth show. Uh, Today we have my very good friend, Pastor Gene Williams of Parker's Chapel Free Will Baptist Church here in Greenville, North Carolina. And we are very excited to have Pastor Gene on here today. And Pastor Gene, I'm going to say a few words about you and then I'm going to say let you say a few things about yourself. But our objective is to bring highly accomplished people onto our show uh, that have even an even more powerful testimony on how they became highly accomplished. And you certainly fit in that category. Uh, What I want want to say about you first is you are a true Eastern North Carolinian to the core. (laughs) And I have noticed that about you and I respect that a lot. Uh, When I came here in 1991, which wow, man! Thirty years ago, uh, you know, uh, I, I am a fan of Greenville, but I was even a bigger fan of old Greenville uh, because Greenville's changed a little bit. But when I came to Parker's Chapel, all I could think about was old Greenville, all those good mm-hmm. old people that I met when I first came here, and the feeling that I got, and the uh, the friendship, and the and the warmth. And, uh, you know, it just really reminded me back then, it reminded me also of, of where I grew up mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, how people really cared about each other. And that's one of the things that brought me back to, uh, you know, to, to pirate land because of that fact. And, you know, I just remember some people at ECU, like, uh, Rosie Thompson and, uh, Bill Carson, and then, you know, people throughout the community, like, uh, you know, Jeff Foster's still around, uh, Jim Mullin, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Walter Williams, Parker Overton, all those people who have been around for a long time, but uh, just incredible people and uh, people that you want to be around because they have so much character and, uh, and have the qualities of people who have grown up here, and uh, I really just got addicted to your sermons and your prayers, because they're so impactful. And I've, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk over years, uh, Pastor, you know, through athletics. And when I was a Carolina, right. and all kinds of important people I, I heard speak. Uh, but, hey, man, you're right up there with all of them. And I, I really <laughs> respect, uh, you know, your sermons and your prayers. I really look forward to those all the time. And uh, I'm so excited because I really think we can have an impact uh, you know, through yes, the podcast. And so also as part of being uh, an Eastern North Carolinian, you were also a true pirate and Mm -hmm. uh, ECU grad. And you also played football in high school against Marcus Crandall. I did. Uh, And uh, so tell us a little bit about the young Gene Williams and a little bit about your athletic career and, and your family and and how you got involved in the church and then you know of course we want to hear how you how you got to be the pastor uh, at parker's chapel
2: yes sir well one i'm honored to be with you jeff you know how much i love you as my brother and uh, my friend and what a man what a blessing it's been for you and i to connect together and god's plan and uh you have helped me so much physically um recovering from two back surgeries now you've been a great asset great tool uh encourage me spiritually as i've been trying to encourage you spiritually and uh, i love that god has opened this door of ministry for you uh that you have all this training you have all this uh what we would call honestly expertise that you are trying to help people physically but most importantly spiritually i love you i respect you i never uh when you i remember you coming to greenville uh in 91 and even then people talking about you and uh, i crossed paths with you a couple of times i never thought i'd be a walk-on with jeff connors so uh, i didn't do that to <laughs> my didn't do it to my 40s but uh it's, yeah. it's great to, to to connect with you like i am and uh I'm, I'm an eastern north carolina kid all the way through have loved growing up here um where you mentioned rosie thompson she went to the i went to the same school that she did i went to chock high school uh and there through school I went to my whole entire life i grew up on a uh, small tobacco farm in a little place called Wilmar, North Carolina, which you have to you have to put out some old maps to find it. Uh, it's really ah. just a community and uh, grew up there. was not super far from West Craven, but I uh, went to school there at Chacoanity. And the neat thing for us growing up in our community, um, a couple of things were emphasized. One was faith. So I was always blessed. The home I grew up in, my parents were godly people who loved the Lord. Um, my two sisters were both great influences in my life in that area. So we were always exposed a lot to, you know, who the Lord, who the Lord is, uh, by grace, knowing him through faith, living for him, that the Christian life was not a burden. It was a blessing. Um, so that, that has been part of my DNA since I was, man, I was breathing life from the Lord. I've been connected to church and God's been good to me. Um, and then the other thing that was, was really key growing up was my family. Uh, we were very, uh, my mom and dad are both from larger families. And so that surrounded me, uh, as a child. And then as you, you grew up in a school like Chacoanity, which is now Southside, has been now for about, uh, 20 years. Um, the neat thing about growing up in a smaller high school is the fact that you can, you can play everything. Uh, so we had football. I played football. We had basketball. I played basketball. We had baseball. I played baseball. Um, Marcus and I. Knocked uh, Ted's more than a few times. He was at Roanoke High School, and they had they had come into our conference, the Tobacco Belt Conference, when I was a freshman. So I spent no. three years playing uh, Marcus, and a couple of Marcus's best highlights: I'm chasing him down the field. So uh, <laughs> we had a, a big time with that, and I was able to see him some when we were both students there at East Carolina. Very that was great. He went into the Hall of Fame this past weekend, but uh, you know, Go right soon. now I I get to serve somewhat as a de facto a uh, chaplain for the Rose football team. And so that's a great program. Will Bland's doing a wonderful job over there. They're sitting at eight and two right now and are, are looking great for the playoffs. But um, so many doors for me have opened from the fact that God has led me in my faith uh, and the decisions that I've made to serve him, that having that athletic part of me, and I, I was not nearly the athlete that the Marcus Crandall was or uh, Leonard Henry or, or you know, uh, Pernell Griffin, uh, Jeff Carr, none of these guys, I, I was not anywhere close to these guys levels who are connected with us now in ministry, but love playing the game, enjoy it, still still love watching it, um, probably better in my mind today than what I was in real person, but you know, time, time does that to you as it goes on, the legend just grows larger uh, in your mind, at least when I tell my kids stuff, it sounds sounds like I was better than probably what I was, but I've been able to, I've been able to connect with that, yeah, I'm telling you man, we lived that life, um, I've been able to use that to minister, especially here in Greenville, uh, so many ways. I I speak for a number of high schools every year, whether it's football, basketball or baseball. Our great mutual friend, Billy Parker, uh, we do a a thing together where Billy will provide the spirit. uh, He'll he'll provide the physical food and I'll provide the spiritual food. And it's allowed me to minister at Rose at Conley. Uh, We've done things with North Pitt, South Central, Green Central. So uh, just have had a lot of wonderful doors uh, open for us. Um, Went to ECU straight out of high school in 92. uh, Spent four years there, was a psychology major. Um, Loved those days there. There was a lot that the Lord did in me in those days. I think when you go to a state college like East Carolina and you're a believer in Christ, um, it's going to challenge you a lot. And you're going to find out who and what you are and there's somewhat of a a spiritual battle there that's like a fire and either you're gonna let that fire purify you or it's gonna pull you away and I'm I'm thankful that while I was there at ECU some of the greatest decisions I've ever made for the Lord uh, I made there at East Carolina University and then after that as I was finishing up the Lord called me into the ministry and have been been faithful serving that that time since uh 96 when I went to Bible College and uh who'd have ever thought when you look at God's plan for your life and I told the Lord uh, Coach Connors, I told him I'd go anywhere and do anything he wanted me to do. Didn't matter where it was at, didn't matter what it was. Uh, when he called me into ministry and that developed into the pastorate later on, uh, I'm probably in the one percentile of people who come back, who are called in ministry, who come back to where they're from. And so that's that's been a great blessing. I'm actually, Parker's Chapel is my wife's home church. So I'm beyond the one percentile in that. And then to to be right here at the doorstep of ECU, and I've had some great ministry opportunities uh, there at the college, and connect with people there. Um, I love I love living the purple and gold life. We embrace it. Uh, we represent it in a Christ-like way. Uh, you'll find us at every home ball game with fifty thousand of our closest friends, and we en- enjoy that there. Here lately, um, we had some tight games, and and people around me know I'm a pastor, and they're looking at me going, "Hey, can we pray for this extra point? Can we yeah. pray for this over time? Can we?" <laughs> can we pray for all this stuff? So, uh, it, it's been a great journey. Very, very blessed. As I said a moment ago that God brought you into my life and, uh, it's been an honor to, to call you my brother and my friend, that's for sure.
1: Well, you know, I think a lot about the tradition here and, you know, uh, I didn't even realize that my kids were very young when we moved here. And so they, they grew up here cause we were here for 10 years, uh, right. before I went to Chapel Hill and, uh, you know, basically, they they considered themselves to be Eastern North Carolinians, so, you know, I had to get them back here, get them back home where they felt <laughs> comfortable, and uh, both of them were doing well here, and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of course, Bo's a paramedic and fireman here in town, and uh, he's doing a great job with that, but uh, yes. I remember other things, too, like doing the, uh, you won't believe this, but I still have VHS video of me doing the, Pepsi trademark promotion. <laughs> I got to show you that sometime. It, I'd love know, to see it. That's a real laugh right there. Uh Pepsi and trademark a winning combination here in Eastern North Carolina. So uh, That's right. I still that, are. Hey, that was fun.
2: Well, uh, the other thing too
1: is I remember when I first got here is uh I remember telling a friend of mine uh Herbert Powell who was at the uh, Hastings Ford, you know, Herbert's passed on, but uh uh, we were friends. I was like, "Herbert, man, you ought to invest in some kind of uh, breakfast place here because the only place here at that time was Waffle House." <laughs> so, yeah. and, and now I don't know how many of there are, but uh, I know it. That, that was the truth. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, getting into uh, kind of the theme of today, and uh, I'm really excited about this, and I, I got mm-hmm. my game face on for this. I, yes, I got to tell you uh, because the life of Paul is just incredible. Amen. And, uh, of course, you know, we admire his courage and, and toughness and resiliency and, and commitment. And we, we, we admire those things, you know, for everybody, yes. but, but also, you know, particularly when we talk to athletes, just such a great example. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we can talk all day about his life. Um, and of course, you know, you don't know yet that this is going to be a three-part series. I didn't tell you that, but you know. <laughs> know three-part
2: sermon, brother. That's right. Got a so point we, for every, every uh, session.
1: you know, Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians today, uh, you know, I'll be real happy, but uh yes, sir. we'll see how it goes. But I know that the, the world of whoever listens to this podcast is going to greatly benefit. Hopefully, we can touch a few people with this. Amen. Uh, so if you would just start out with who, who Paul is, you know, who is Paul and how did he come to the point of, of writing these letters? And then, uh, you know, what is kind of the underlying theme of the epistles? If, if there is one, uh, you know, I always read about the grace and peace. It seems like in every one of them, right? but I'm right. just going to let you, uh, go ahead and speak on that.
2: Yeah. That's a great question, Jeff. So the apostle Paul, um, one of the things that defines who he is and why I think this translates in his writings in the New Testament Um, Paul grew up as a very disciplined Jew and if you read through uh, especially some of the books like Philippians you mentioned Galatians you see that tenet coming out with him that discipline was a a very key part of his life and he was not just Jew as in uh, ethnic group or how he was born he he was in every way sold out to the the commandments in the Old Testament now what had happened by the time the New Testament was being written is that even inside of what we would call Judaism uh, there had been a gradual shift in what was happening and and what was going on is and it really happened over a few hundred years that when you look at the Old Testament to the New Testament here was the pitfall that had been created and that was basically this that one, the Jews thought that just because they were God's chosen people, the, and that is ultra important for us in Scripture to understand, that that merited salvation with God, that just because they were born a Jew, uh, they must be saved. And so they they had begun to depend upon that, and God had never, ever taught them to do that. And the other thing that began to happen was they started trusting in their works, and so what would happen is, uh they were taught, and the, and this was important, and, and it's and it's a true principle for us today. They were taught as young children to understand the commandments and what we know as the old testament and to live that out. But instead of instead of religion helping them with a relationship, what began to happen was that relationship was lost, and now they're just somewhat doing what we call a check box, a check, a checkbox faith, a checkbox Christianity. And yeah. so um Paul is, he's a, he's a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He's actually, when we, when we're introduced to him in the book of Acts, um, he is uh, actually when Stephen, who is a deacon, uh, we find that in Acts chapter seven, the church is multiplying and growing. Uh, The apostles are needing other people to help them just carry out the day to day ministry. Um, Seven Gentile deacons are actually called to do this, that inception of that deacons ministry. One named Stephen. Stephen later on becomes an a preacher and an evangelist. And um, at that point, uh, the Judaizers, those who were still just trusting their religion, they were very, very anti-church uh, because now when Jesus came, he's preaching grace and he's he's preaching truth and he's preaching peace and that he's going to be the great atonement for all of our sins. And that really they were blinded by their religion at that point in time. They actually though they had waited and waited for the Messiah they missed who it was. Uh, they had missed it being Christ. So Paul is actually, he's, he's very anti Christ. He's very anti church when we meet him in the book of acts and yet on the Damascus road, uh, we find out the Lord has already been convicting him. It talks about when the Lord is dealing with the apostle Paul, who is Saul at that point, uh, when they had their, their confrontation, the Lord mentions to him and you Pauls, or actually Saul is it not hard for thee to kick against the pricks and the, and the word prick there speaks to uh, what you would use to go to an animal and to kind of maneuver it while you were plowing a field and what was happening was the lord was already for scripture even showed us this uh, he was dealing with 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 Saul he was working on his heart and his life and Saul was consenting into the death of Stephen approving of it and yelled on the Damascus road he got gloriously saved um, Paul Saul at that point uh was a member What's called the Sanhedrin uh it was the ruling council uh for the Jews there in Jerusalem he was a very high ranking man he was a man of great power prominence and prestige and yet when he came to Christ that religion then moved over to a relationship and as as he truly just surrendered his life to Christ uh he he wrote more books in the New Testament than anybody else, uh, and was a prolific writer, um, was one of the probably, probably the greatest missionary of all time. He he takes four missionary trips, uh, throughout scripture that we see. And so all the, all the epistles have a driving theme of them of what you said a moment ago of, of, they all start off with grace and peace. And there's a lot of, uh, churches being written to or churches in a certain region. And as he's writing, the Holy spirit is inspiring him to, uh poor faith into that church and the poor trust in that church and uh just like the church at corinth which was a wow it was a very gifted church but it it was a very immature church they were very carnal they were very worldly and so uh paul is addressing a lot of questions there at corinth when he writes that letter um and then he comes back and writes second corinthians where he's really as they've adjusted their from their issues um he's now reinforcing right in their life and so uh just some powerful epistles we know uh you know we have the prison epistles when he's actually chained up to a roman yeah. soldier and yet those those epistles have more to do with liberty and freedom than in almost any of his other writings we have the pastoral epistles uh to the timothy and one to titus and so that theme of, of truth and grace and faith and peace um doctrine and duty in the believer's life you see that into the church at rome uh just echoes all through scripture and I, I know people uh many many people enjoy and i know you've mentioned this to me one-on-one reading through the epistles over and over because every time you read them they're strengthening you they're reinforcing you they're pouring into you so uh i love the fact that in many of these letters at some point along the way he either uses uh an athletic illustration or athletic principle to really illustrate for us what is a spiritual discipline and um, I think that makes it easier for athletes, people in that world, um, to see the truth of Scripture and to connect in that way with the Word of God.
1: Well, I want to kind of go to 1 uh, Corinthians, and um, I'm going to give you some of my favorites, and then maybe you can expound on, on yes, a few sir. things here. But uh, uh, I really, you know, when, when we talk about spiritual wisdom versus worldly wisdom. Uh, can you give us a little bit on that?
2: Yeah. So what, what you see is over creation. Uh, we are we're all born sinners. Every one of us. I, I met with the guy today and I gave the illustration to him that if he was my next door neighbor and he had I said, pick any apple tree or pick any fruit tree you want to pick the apple tree. I said, so your your tree has 10 apples on it and my tree has a thousand. Which one of us don't have an apple tree? And he's like, well, pastor, they're both apple trees. I said, so you've got 10 sins and I've got a thousand sins which one of us are not sinners? He's like, well, we're all sinners, And so, yeah. you know, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden of Eden, it, it is now in our DNA. We're not going to avoid this, that we are going to be sinners, And we, we have a pull in us that flesh nature to pull away from what scripture says in, in the gospel of John is light, uh, which is truth and, and is righteousness. And so what man does is my, man tries to either take the wisdom that God has graciously given us, and man either begins to skew it and turn it and twist it or man basically severs himself from it entirely and the corinthian church um as i said a moment ago that that church had a lot of spiritual gifts active in it but uh, corinth was in a, a a place it was a it was a very busy very large city almost a metropolitan city that had a lot coming in a lot going out uh people it was very transient and so they they were exposed to All types of wisdom from different culture and yet paul shows us that wisdom true wisdom that comes from heaven is supreme and sovereign over anything else we have in our lives and so paul is helping that church begin to pull away from what we will call carnal wisdom and come into christ-like wisdom and there's a there's a there's a lot of questions they're asking that he's answering there at corinth uh one of the things that was going on in that church and that this is worldly wisdom is that they were they were actually trying to anchor themselves almost like we would a sports team to different personalities in the church and some were saying well I I'm really a follower of a, a, a Paul and some were saying well I'm a follower of Apollos who was a, a yeah. strong contemporary of Paul and then some were saying well I'm with Cephas or that's the apostle Peter and then others were saying well I I'm, I'm of Christ and they were and they were factioned off and Paul tells the church there when when you have factions among you and you are having friction with each other, that that's that's man man's wisdom. Uh that that's not they're they're all Paul, Apollos, uh Peter, certainly Christ, we're all in the family of God, all with a purpose from God, right? And so Paul had so much there that he was correcting whether it was uh how gifts in the church operated, what we need to know about marriage, uh what should we do when we have interpersonal conflicts with each other. Um, and he was showing the contrast of, for example, when he tells us in scripture, Christian people are not supposed to sue each other. We are supposed to spiritually go to one another, talk it through, pray it through, work it out. And if need be, uh, step away in a personal situation and just take the loss. And so there's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, things there that Paul is addressing. He, he talks about in marriage. One of the questions they had was once you're married should you be having intimacy in your marriage um and what was wrong was in corinth they they had a temple dedicated to uh the greek goddess aphrodite and you, you find her in other areas of of uh mythology anyway and the people would go there and worship jeff at that that temple they would pay money and and they would have sexual relations with the prostitutes and it would they had three sets of prostitutes and one was uh just men or women on their own and then you had also a group of women who had shaved their hair and tried to make themselves look like men Um, they were having a transgender issue there uh, in Corinth and then you had uh, men who were dressing up like women they were growing their hair long and bleaching it out Um, and you could go to this temple and pay money and select whatever you wanted whatever group you wanted and have sexual relations and that was deemed as worship so in in the church at corinth you have people being saved out of a promiscuous lifestyle homosexuality of transgenderism i mean christ can deliver you from all of that right but as they were coming into the church it was almost like man they associated that now with sin and they didn't understand the that this was a, a righteous gift from god meant for a man and a woman and a lifelong monogamous marriage and that was a great gifting of God, and so um, there's so much carnal wisdom out there, and, and when we say that, we don't mean necessarily what you've learned in a university setting. Like, For example, uh, you, you are an expert inside the human body and how it performs and uh, the way it functions. That, that's not what we're so often talking about in Scripture, as it is the cultural wisdom that we deal with that pulls man away from God. And pulls man towards himself and that's that's all through first corinthians what paul is correcting and he's kind of getting us back online and this is the truth from god and uh we don't try to dictate the truth we let truth dictate to us and uh just a a beautiful book of really um seeing christian people restored out of sin and rescued from that is what you find in first corinthians
1: well Temptation's been around for a long time, and uh, spiritual warfare's been is. around for a long time, and uh, it continues to go on. And uh,
2: it does. I wanted
1: to just give you a couple specific scriptures that you know okay. that i that I like. First uh, Corinthians two nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has partnered for those who love Him, and then. Uh, uh 215 this is one of my very favorites that i studied about 25 30 years ago and it stuck with me but he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is uh, rightly judged by no one and uh you know because coaches are judged all the time
2: all the time yes sir you know, Coach Pastors, and, you know, Pastor's Coach can be as
0: well. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, you know, one of one of the things that, that Pay, Coach Pagano always said was a no self-judgment, you know. So he's right. that was one of his deals too. But uh, uh but I really like those two scriptures uh There's in Corinthians as well.
2: Great scriptures. I, I love the first one you, you referenced where Paul is he's he's telling the church there, when you've given your life to Christ. And the Lord has freed you from all your sin. He's forgiven you of all that. Aren't we blessed to be truly a forgiven people through the shed blood of Jesus Christ? Um, he's telling them there that we we don't understand how awesome a script that God has for our lives. And that ultimately that life, that being is going to end up in heaven for eternity. And man, we, we can't fathom eternity in, in, in our human nature. It's just infinite to us. Uh, we think in we think in minutes and hours and days and years and decades. And yet uh, our lifetime compared to eternity is, is is like a blink of an eye. And so Paul lets us know that God's desire for us and God's intent for us, though we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna face difficulty on this earth. We're gonna we're gonna face uh hardship, we're gonna struggle, we're gonna sacrifice. That all is part of the life we live here on this earth we don't understand, we can't see all the awesome things that if we are obedient to Christ and live this out, if we're intentional in our Christianity, uh, that are going to develop. And that all these things, they're woven together. You know, you think about, I remember you, I was going to say this a moment ago, I remember you coming to Greenville and you got, uh, I never really heard a lot about a strength and conditioning coach, but 91 was an historic year for ECU athletics in that football program, I remember being a senior in high school, writing on my cleats. You know, we believe, and uh, yeah. just just loving loving the whole ride with that. Okay, I didn't know looking at you then, and then really keeping up with you um, through the through the '90s through Coach Logan, who I, I thought so much of. I uh, enjoyed him being our coach. We knocked off so many Power Five teams in that window of time. I, I think people forget that historically that we were. We were taking care of people left and right, whether it was West Virginia, South Carolina, Syracuse. I mean, there's there's a there's a litany of people that we were able to knock off back in those days to see you go to Carolina. You had ultra success there and then to see you come back. Uh, And again, that same narrative follows itself that well while you're here, we're we're knocking off uh, power five team, you know, Virginia Tech, uh, Carolina. Whenever you beat ACC opponent, NC State it's a good day and yet in all of that me knowing you who you are but not knowing you personally man i'd have never dreamed i'd have been a walk-on in your garage your that is not a garage by the way that's a full-blown gym okay I mean, if anybody's been to jeff Connors's garage uh you wherever you are with jesus when you go in that garage you can get a whole lot closer because the circuit training you're going to put somebody on uh they need to know christ for the time they're done with that training what you do I, I i experienced that personally uh how awesome you are doing that i've talked to jesus a whole bunch of times going through that circuit training with you in there but you got it you know i never dreamed that you were going to become a brother and a friend and attend our church and be part of our church family and so you I mean you when you look at it whether it's the person you marry the children you're given uh i remember our, our first podcast with leonard henry with the l train yeah uh how you know you know college success pro success boy now he's working so well on the school system we can't even begin to put together uh the awesome things that that uh we're doing and uh, so many guys to our armored life ministry that i watched play at dowdy ficklin uh, yeah now we're on we're on the phone texting with each other and praying for each other and you just never know how god's going to cause these things to blossom and open up in your life. And, and the other element of knowing, you know, what motivates us day by day and, and, and part of, of coaching. And you said this to me so well, uh, it, you are judged in wins and losses. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's, and, and you know, that coming into that environment that, that you have to embrace that element. Right. Um, and, and coaches that boy winning solves everything. We know that. Uh, when you start winning, everything takes on a different feel to it. Um, it can be somewhat that way. Pastoring, you know, um, pastoring is wonderful. It's glorious. It's a, it's a divine calling that God puts on you. You don't put it on yourself. Uh, it's something you cannot get away from. But, you know, it, whether you're coaching or you're pastoring, you're always dealing with people. Yeah. And 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 you're dealing sometimes with a lot of great people. Sometimes you're dealing with people who are struggling. Sometimes you will be with people who are discouraging, and, you know, people say stuff sometimes, and people – I can so sit there at at Dowdy Ficklin, and I can listen. You and I have laughed about this. I can listen to guys talk around me, and I can tell whether they've ever strapped on a chin strap or not, they've ever put a helmet, because just just how they speak, you can tell, okay, he ain't never played a day in his life, okay, Uh, or guys at least who keep up with it. So, you know, criticism – becomes a part of our life and we need to be careful that criticism does not create in us cynicism and that everybody's our enemy or always a target. But ultimately what Paul was saying there, and I I know that you love that verse so well, the fact that God is my judge, honestly, and and man doesn't know my heart. Another man truly does not understand the motivation or intentions of what I'm doing. And so when I go live my life for Christ, that has to be my aim has to be my goal. I'm right. living for Christ. Now I don't I mean a, a pastor, you gotta preach on righteousness, you gotta preach on sin, right? You gotta do both. Okay. As a strength coach, you're trying to help guys leave weakness and become stronger physically, right? So there's transition, and that transition is growth and sometimes it's grind. Um and, and sometimes well, people people view that negatively not, not, but ultimately, I mean, we're living for the Lord and no one else. Go ahead, my brother.
1: No, I was just gonna say, I, you know, uh, my personal career, I I would be nowhere without God's blessings and forgiveness. Amen. I, I can tell you that right now. Amen. And uh, I tried, tried as much as I could through my career to remain humble, whether we were winning or losing. Not get too high, not get too low. Just kind that's of stay right. steady and take it as it comes. And, you know, try to believe that the humility is going to help you to get blessed. And that, that's, that's right. basically where I was with it. I was never a guy who was. Uh, I was never on the phone trying to look for greener, you know, greener pastures somewhere. I was just trying to collect a paycheck where I was, do a good job where I was, focus on that, and hoped that we would win. You know, so uh, uh, that that was basically my perspective in my career. But uh, blessed beyond belief. Amen. And, uh, very thankful for it and. And that's definitely one of the reasons, um, you know, that I'm trying to do what I'm doing right now. Um, well,
2: most people, I want to interject something for you there. As my friend that mo- I think only those of us who have had a blessing to be close to, you may know um, you were not somebody who were chasing, who were chasing other jobs. And I don't know if everybody in pirate nation knows this, but I, I hope they'll, they'll come to know it, that more than one time, the university of Miami came after you. And, uh, you you chose to stay right here in Greenwood if you look at that timeline almost anybody would have jumped there to go to the U and uh, you didn't you stayed here and you you kept building something and what you built was a blessing to so many people and it follows you even to these days now so I I totally concur with what you just said
1: uh well you know I saw Steve Logan he was invited and I was invited to uh, Marcus Crandall's Hall of Fame uh, induction and I you know, I was gonna go no matter what, you know, Marcus <laughs> invited me. And so it was great to see him there. But uh, uh you know, Steve was uh, you know a big part of any success that I had, of yes. course. And I you know I really and
2: vice versa. That's a tremendous right.
1: amount of respect for him and still do. And uh so moving on in the scripture, of First Corinthians six nineteen, let's talk about the bodies of the temple because this is the number one challenge for athletes at the collegiate level is uh, respecting your body and whether it's alcohol or not, not sleeping or improper nutrition or, you know, uh, drugs or, you know, getting involved in something else that's destructive to your body. I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot of choices that you can make in that category. So uh, let's talk about the importance of the body as a temple uh particularly for athletes
2: um mass and that's i love the parallels we have in scripture here um so when paul's talking about the body's a temple part of what he's he's really again if we go back to what we said a moment ago about the temple of aphrodite that was there he's drilling into them that we are we are to flee fornication we are to remove ourselves from from that temptation because ultimately yielding to that is going to be Ultra destructive in in every part of your life and you may not reap it initially, but you'll you'll reap it in days to come. And so he tells us there be reminded when you got saved, when you when you came to Christ and the Holy Spirit of God filled you, you become that temple. And so, you know, you go back to Adam and Eve and look at how they're created. And, you know, they're they're living to be 900 plus years old, all the patriarchs except one in the book of Genesis that you find. Uh, are living 900 plus years. Methuselah lived longer than anybody at 969. And yet, yep. by the time we move through the Old Testament, that's now, it, it really began to decrease towards the flood and greatly after the flood uh, that it was 120 years. And yet, by the time we move to Psalms with King David, we're understanding, uh, and this has really been what it's been for the last uh, few thousand years, that the average age of a man is 70. It doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to live to it, it doesn't mean that you won't live beyond it. But you know, Paul told us in the New Testament that um, on one level that bodily exercise profiteth little, but when he says that, he's not saying that there's not great profit in exercise. He is saying that don't, and you know, I think this is a great drive in your life. It's not all physical. and if you're not careful, you you'll you'll get off on these and you'll miss the spiritual. The spiritual needs to be maintained first, then the physical, you have a great balance in your own teaching about that but we we know this if we abuse the body which is the temple of god what god has created um that that's going to come back what you sow you reap um you'll see an athlete who has everything in front of him uh he has been given ability and talent from the lord to not only play at the collegiate level which only a small percentage do but really uh as you and i've discussed before people that you've coached they have the abilities to go off and, and and play professionally and and play a a boys' game in a man's way and make a living doing that. But if a guy gets tied up with, well, let's say, marijuana, I know people say, "Well, that's that's legal now," and and all this kind of stuff. Well, if you read about what it does to you, it's still plenty destructive. Um, our our guys will get caught up in the trap of alcohol, and they'll they'll greatly diminish their health and their skills. Uh, not only in that day, but but, but later on, or they get tied up and, and live in a, a party lifestyle, which can include the other two certainly. But, um, you know, it's late night parties, it's women, it's all these things that, that come to young athletes in college who are, who are so often popular. And yet, you're constantly eroding your body. You're constantly, in small ways, uh, destroying that. And so I remember Ruffin, when he was here, Coach McNeil, that he had there in the team room um, that – by hard work, you accomplish the extraordinary. And and if the, the talented don't work hard, those who do work hard will always beat those great talent. And that was a driving force then of, man, you, you give it everything through hard work, give your best, and uh, you'll be able to defeat people who didn't give it their best, who were more talented. So an athlete has to really, you know, Paul said a lot in scripture about disciplining yourself. Uh, not allowing things to come in that are going to dilute you or pollute you one spiritually, but then, then physically. So, um, we don't worship our bodies, but we do live in them. And so it is, it is, it is a challenge and it's convicting to all of us to try to, uh, take care of ourselves. And I've told you before one on one, you don't pass for a man that's your age. You, you look about 10, 12 years younger and (laughs) act younger. Uh, than what you are as scripture talks about that in Isaiah (laughs) Uh, scripture tells us hey you give your life to God and live right that God will renew your strength like like an eagle and uh, rise up on those wings and you'll soar and so uh, and listen and not is it true for athletes it's true for Christians Um, it doesn't mean you can't go out and have a nice meal with somebody it don't mean that you can't ever go to uh, a Bojangles or uh, let's say our our, our, again our friend at Parker's barbecue you, you can't yeah. go and eat some meals like that. You cannot eat like that every day, and you cannot eat like that all the time. Um, I've learned as a pastor that um, they say that every every message you preach is uh, equivalent to playing a, a, a four-quarter basketball game. And so I'm, I'm blessed to preach at 8.30 on Sunday mornings, to teach again at 9.30. I go again at 10.30. Um, I'm going again at 6.30 that night. Sometimes I have things at 5. I'm doing twice on Wednesdays. That's not counting any uh, chapels or revivals or conferences or funerals or whatever I may do in a week. And I I have greatly learned, especially as I entered into my 40s, um, that to do ministry the way that God has called me to do it, if I don't take care of myself, I can't carry that out like I need to. That's where you've been such a great encouragement to me. So we certainly we, we, we address the spiritual first but we certainly as believers, it is right for us to address the physical, no question, and to keep that as in good a shape as possible.
1: Well, uh, there have been, I remember a few years, and this was also in the 90s where we, you know, we talked a lot about overachievement, gaining respect, and and taking respect and all those types of things. And one of the things that we talked a lot about was if you take care of yourself, you'd be surprised what you're able to achieve. That's right. be able to overachieve because a lot of people out there are not taking care of themselves. So uh, uh, that was, uh, I think, in a little bit of an edge uh, because I really believe that a lot of those players uh, had self-discipline where that was concerned yes. during that time period. And <clears throat> so uh, that's always something that you respect in a young man or young woman who's in athletics as if they have self-discipline. And what I want to ask you is, you know, you have either one or two daughters in college or is it one now?
2: I have one one daughter in college and one daughter who's a senior in high
1: school. Okay. So in them moving to the collegiate level, uh, what was your plan? What is your plan? How do you prepare them (laughs) to make Uh the right decisions?
2: Oh, man, that's a that's an excellent question. By the way, I think you and I have talked about this a bunch, what you said about discipline. A disciplined man is a free man, is he not? Oh, yeah. And uh, you, you've often quoted that to me. So the Lord blessed me and my wife, Leslie. We have uh, a daughter who's a junior in Bible college right now and uh, a school up in Wendell, North Carolina called Southeastern. There's a seminary that's a Southeastern, and then there's a college. And so uh, faith is there and studying education. And then my daughter, Grace, is a – senior at greenville christian academy here in greenville and my son jonathan is a freshman uh there at this at the school and um we have a lot of kids in our church who are public school i was a public school graduate my wife's a christian school graduate uh this whole preparing your children thing uh and you know this already on your end one and anybody listening and watching if you've got small kids i cannot emphasize to you how fast this moves with them uh the days are long, but the years are short. I, I cannot believe um, that I have a junior in college, and I, and I can remember uh, Faith was blessed. Faith was very strong academically. Um, she was valid to of her class, and so, so thankfully, she's like her mama, not like her daddy. So uh, Faith had a lot of offers from a lot of places, a lot of full rides to um, places like Western Carolina and Apps. She all, all but had a full ride to Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, and she really felt the Lord leading her to go into ministry and train at a Bible college here at Southeastern and, and go into Christian education. And there's so much of, uh, giving your life to Christ, being real in your everyday life, living for him, knowing how to say yes to the right things, being able to say no to the wrong things that understanding that there is no success in life, uh, without sacrifice um yeah faith was faith was a volleyball player soccer player grace is volleyball she's right in the middle of a playoffs now uh basketball so she's soccer jonathan plays all three as, as well um with baseball there for him and you know you you cannot succeed without struggle and that the struggle really is given to you by god to help prepare you you know even your failure even when you feel like uh, you fall short in some area and we all do. Yeah. We all have areas that we're going to fall short in, uh, to be resilient. Your faith makes you resilient. Um, and, and to understand that, you know, you need to continue to grow and and move beyond and, and adversity is a tool from God that he uses and, and not just to be resilient, but to be responsible. Uh, I remember so well, of course, you've been through this stage already. I've just entered into it. Um, I'm, I'm sitting. I'm, I'm sitting there watching my daughter Faith. Who, um, if people know me, know that uh, Faith was a, a premature baby. She, we didn't even get to our third trimester with her. Um, mm-hmm. Leslie had Leslie had severe acute preeclampsia. Um, very. It, when when Faith when Leslie went to the hospital, the doctor told me he said, "If you if you take either one of them home with you, you're gonna be a blessed man." And uh, Faith was a pound and nine ounces when she was born. Uh, 12 12 and a half inches long, 103 days in the NICU, and uh, she is my walking, talking miracle, and all that me and Leslie poured into her, uh, raising her for the Lord, raising her in church, uh, you know, having great family around her, great friends, Uh, I can remember the morning that she's getting ready to go to Bible college, and we've got her packed up, and got her car packed up, and she's she's in the bathroom getting ready, and I'm sitting on the bed, and I just all of a sudden uh when my eye, my eyes my oh, eyes yeah. started sweating hard jeffrey uh and i'm thinking lord hey how did we get to her being 18 and 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 launching out that's what scripture talks about with our children that we are to psalm 127 128 um, yeah. how we raise them how we aim them and that they're like arrows that we are to aim them to the lord and release them uh to him yeah. and so there, there was so much that we were we're pointing to faith now she's not far from transitioning her career. Grace is now on the doorstep of this. So there's, there's so much about, um, be who you are, be the person Christ created you to be, uh, be willing to work hard, be willing to sacrifice, say yes to the right things, no to the wrong things, be, be resilient, be responsible. Um, and then you have to trust God from there. Um, you gotta, you gotta parenting will make you pray more than you ever imagined. Uh, right. So it's it's been a great journey for those two girls to see them become young ladies, young women, and uh, have a son who who's trailing quickly behind them. And so uh, we've really tried to be intentional on in how we've loved them and how we've led them.
1: Well, the devil paused you for a short period right there, but uh, I think we got it all. And <laughs> okay. uh, you know, that's one of the things with these podcasts that I've learned is I'm. I'm fighting a spiritual battle, technically, but but, but we're winning. Hey.
2: Yeah, brother, yeah. we have we have a church sound system and media program. We know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> <it's good.
1: laughs> uh, well, a couple more things for Corinthians. I don't know how you know what we're going to get through today, but uh, we got about ten or fifteen more minutes. But the other thing was first uh, Corinthians twelve twelve. I want to mention a uh, uh, unity yes, and diversity in one body.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, so, man, aren't we glad we're all not like each other? Um, oh, yeah. Boy, I was, I was talking to one of our new or one of our new families this week and they were discussing things with me and they, they asked me a question about racism and how we look at that biblically and and they're saved and they just want to know what scripture said about that. And I, I took them back to Adam and I said, man, we all come from Adam. We all come from Eve. We're all, we're all one race. We're all, uh, mankind. And then you go to Noah, which, uh, we all, we all come from Noah as well. And, uh history sons. okay Uh, so you 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 run through the fact that god is so good that whether whether you come from the african bloodline whether you come from the asian bloodline you come from the european bloodline because those three really are inclusive of of all of humanity man our our differences are not meant to divide us they're meant to unify us right we all bring something uh, to the table. And so uh, whether we're from Ham, Sham, Japheth, whatever bloodline we may be in, and listen, they, those bloodlines all cross each other historically at some point in time. Um, we all make up the body of Christ. We I can't all be the eye, we can't all be the ear, we can't all be the elbow. Um, and that what what Christ intended in every way was not that our our differences would push us apart, but really our differences would cause us and you always come back to this theme as a christian to um and i very much pastor this way you you love people you love people as god loves people you you give that love you give that honor you give that respect um then you learn each other And, and your differences there are things that honestly you know you're from pennsylvania i'm from north carolina there's a lot of things that we're similar in uh I uh-huh. have tobacco farming in my family. You got coal mining in yours. But yet, those two things, though different, allow us allowed you and I to connect even more from high school football on and and the way that we're raised. So, in the body of Christ, you're not, you're not looking so much for uniformity as you are unity. And we are united yeah. underneath the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That the at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. Doesn't matter if you're again, if you're you would be deemed as African, Asian, European. We are all in need of the same Savior, and His name is Jesus. And so, we are to take what defines us as men or women, and to bring that in the body of Christ, yield that to the hands of the Lord, and then let let Him use that and and, and piece that together. Um, and it's really meant to be like a marriage. Yeah. Uh, in our in our marriages, when you, I mean, <laughs> my wife married an imperfect man. Uh, I think she's more perfect than what I am uh but in that we've learned to magnify each other's strengths and to cover each other's weaknesses and that's really inside the body of christ what we do we are honestly iron is to sharpen iron we are to make each other better in the body so it's not that we're all just like each other or look just like each other um but rather it's all that we're followers of christ and we express that in our day-to-day lives and so that's i love that verse as well that's that Chapter twelve is one of my favorite chapters in the whole book, so I I connect with you on that immediately.
1: Yes, sir. Well, that's greatly analogous to athletics as well, because it everybody's is. bringing something different to the table, and it all has to combine for a winning combination. And so uh, uh, then the other thing that I did want to mention to you was I did raise three acres of burley tobacco when I lived in Tennessee. <laughs> You may not have known that about me <laughs> I think I've
2: forgotten it
1: <laughs> I did it one year and the day that we cut it and hung it, I was at the top of the barn hanging it all day and when I got down out of there I felt like I smoked about 30 packs of cigarettes <laughs> and I couldn't even breathe so I said like, that's no, the sir. last time I'm doing that
2: well you know but uh, that I, was, I that, went
1: through that whole process
2: yeah that was part of our Eastern North Carolina culture for a long time. Uh, we don't advocate the use of it because we know how destructive it is, but in those days we didn't, we didn't know all those things. And so we, you, you kind of grinded out that living. Anybody's ever worked in tobacco now, and I can tell you this, uh, I don't, I don't ever use anything with tobacco products, certainly as a believer, but, uh, you learn a whole lot about hard work. That's for sure. Oh yeah. So no doubt about you, that. You, that, that was the good that you took away from it for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh well uh kind of finishing up in in uh, Corinthians uh well second Corinthians actually uh yeah uh uh one thirteen uh comfort and suffering.
2: Yes, sir. So we're, script we're gonna finish with that. Yes, yeah, so scripture right there is gonna say so second corinthians opens up. So Paul's written that first letter to the church and he's really correcting problems in the church. He is given them principles and he's given them practices that will build a bridge over these problems and there's so much that he was able through that first letter to correct and um he was very direct with them there were moments he was very compassionate but he, he was very straightforward with them as well and uh when second corinthians is written uh now what you have is you have restoration and you have reinforcement so Paul is building now on a strong foundation in Christ and they've gotten many areas in order and they've corrected that and they they've learned what it's like to live through some problems. Yeah. In fact, the Bible right there in that passage if uh, chapter uh, one of second uh, Corinthians opens up in verse four and lets us know that what we have learned personally by living through hurt, uh, disappointment, discouragement, adversity, what we've learned in the fire and the flame, what Christ has reinforced in us, what He's uh, brought us through that refiner's fire, we now are able to take and minister to others as as they go through uh, that time of trying and that time of tribulation and and, and the difficulty that just comes in, in the human life itself. And I, I don't care who you are, believe it or not, you you are not going to be immune or absent from facing uh, difficulty. In fact, so often in Paul's writing, especially Church of Corinth, when he talks about, I actually read this this morning, when he when he talks yeah. about comfort, is comfort in, in there is not, actually Jeff in that context, comfort is not just feeling better or maybe having a better attitude about something. And we, and we know the attitude is the atmosphere of our hearts uh, and, and we do need to have a right attitude, but comfort there speaks of Christ coming to where we are And standing with us in the storms of life, that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And so that type of comfort gives us a hope that's beyond circumstantial. It's not just what I'm facing or what I'm gonna have to deal with. Because sometimes in our lives it's gonna get more difficult. Uh, it's gonna get darker before it gets better, but it's it is gonna get better. But but the Lord, if Paul lets them know there that He He gives comfort for every storm, for every trial for every for every tribulation or tragedy um god always gives us gives out his grace and his mercy and he always even when we're going through our most trying points of our life he always anchors us he never leaves us nor forsakes us and we've, right. we we learn that in such a way that we share that with other believers and not only do we share it we show it to one another and how we love and serve each other in our times of difficulty so that's great yeah. great great way to connect on that today for sure it's the same way an athlete somebody's just had a bad play somebody's missed a field goal somebody's fumbled the ball somebody's blown an open layup somebody's dropped a you know an, a, a ball in the outfield the ability to get to that, that that individual put your arm around him and say listen i've been there i've done that let's shake it off next play um, right. that encouragement is is really uh that same type of encouragement is what paul's hitting right there in the text when he's writing to them
1: yeah, it's really kind of crazy in my own life. Uh, and I, I don't know. Sometimes I ask myself, maybe I'm just stupid or what? Because. I, no, uh, sir. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not I stupid at all. Work and, and things would, you know, like you might be chasing somebody with a gun, or there's a lot of things that happen. And then, uh, you know, the kind of the bouts of some serious things I've had physically, yes. you know ended up in a hospital, whatever, uh, you know, my melanoma and so forth. And, and for, and for some reason, I'm always asking myself, why was I never scared? Why? Why? I mean, it's almost like, uh, I just knew I was okay. I I just, you know, just somehow knew that God was with me and I was going to be okay. And I mean, uh, I, I just think that, uh, I've thought about that a whole lot, you know, about those times. Amen. And and I'm just thankful, you know, that God gave me the confidence and, and, uh, was there with me, uh, to, to get through those times. Yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I really believe there's power there in prayer for sure. No question. And, and I, and I know you prayed for me a couple of times and I know your prayer was very powerful and I really appreciate that. Yes, so sir. let's just finish with, uh, uh, we'll finish today with what it means to be walking in the spirit and, uh, and maybe touch on the fruits of the spirit and then we'll we'll close it out.
2: Um, yes, sir. Uh, so the great thing about being a believer is when we get saved, we come into the, the family of Christ, right? The family of God. Um, it's only by grace through faith that we come in this relationship. The Bible tells us that there is no other way to the father except through the son. It's not of works. It's a, gift of God. So when we get saved, when we whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, when we live that out, um, and scripture guarantees us now that we, we've been saved. It's not a salvation is not a feeling. It's a fact. Um, it's a fact before it's ever, it certainly does produce a feeling. So we're we're baptized into the family of God by by the Spirit of God. But then after that it, it's living in the Spirit of God. And so you could Whenever someone gets up in the morning and they're getting ready and they're, uh, you know, people drink coffee in the morning or they're going to, uh, I'm a big water drinker myself and I'm, I'm getting a whole, you know, turvis of water for that day to go to the office with me here at church or whatever. Um, what are we doing? We're taking something that's empty and we're filling it up. And yet when we fill it up, we're going to, we're going to pull away from it throughout the day. Whatever, I mean, if you're drinking your coffee, your water, your lemonade, whatever you may be having you're, you're constant in a process of taking away from what's in that. And so what do you have to do again? you have to go back and fill that up. And so we find ourselves as believers understanding that Christianity is not outside in. Christianity is inside out. Uh, I give my soul to the Lord, my spirit. Uh, I am the Lord's and so I have that that fountain of, of, of Christ overflowing and filling me. And I have to I have to let the old me go every day it's an everyday journey um and the new me the new person i am in christ through the spirit of god flow through me literally and and everything i say and do and there is a there is a a, an intentional yielding that we have to have that we let the old man die and the new man come to life well you know paul is so good in galatians when he talks about what is the fruit of the spirit and i I won't go through all of them because of time's sake but what what marks yeah. a believer what should be flowing out of our lives love even when i don't agree with somebody even when they're the worst of sin i may not love their sin but i can love them i can love the sinner we're taught to do that uh, love and there's joy right and joy joy is beyond circumstances right okay joy is what i have knowing that i'm i'm because of the grace of god i'm right with god there's there's yeah. what you said peace i you know i've prayed for you in the hospital you prayed for me in the hospital that what I echo what you just said of of two back surgeries over two and a half years um man the peace that God gives you in your spirit uh of just knowing that things are going to be right and and so much there of long suffering and meekness and temperance um and and that doesn't happen just uh in, in, in one day and that that happens over a consistent everyday walk with Christ it grows in you it grows through you and uh, we're called to bear fruit, more fruit and much fruit. And uh, to be that person who is spirit filled and have the fruit of spirit in our life, uh, man, we we are one, we're blessed ourselves, but we can be a blessing to so many other people. It's just, uh, that is the joy of walking with Jesus right there.
1: Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up today. Uh, I just wanted to mention to you uh, if you would, uh, uh pastor if you would pray and and uh maybe add this name to your prayer list uh for the congregation stephen Brady, who played for us in 91 and was you know he was a really tough kid really tough player uh, uh he's been battling colon cancer and uh you know he's from washington north carolina i believe somewhere in that area yep. uh, and i think his brother's a judge might still be a judge but I just remember him like flying around on special teams like, you know. Yes, sir. It's really annihilating people. And uh, so if you would just let's just pray for him. And then uh, uh, we will continue with some more segments. Yes, sir. In the epistles. And so uh, this is Jeff Connors uh, wrapping it up today with Absolute Empowerment and also ArmoredLife.org. Uh, God bless and join us next week. Thanks a lot.
0: Amen. You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on The Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at The Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show, and go Pirates!